this morning, what I wanted to do is um, we're t- taking a little bit of a, of, a, of a change because like as, as Scott said last year, he was, uh, last week, he was able to squeeze one more sermon out of, out of Genesis, uh, which is great. So sometimes uh, that's what we got to do to kind of encapsulate it's 50 chapters. It's a long time. We spent about a year and a half in it. And uh, so we want to make sure we kind of get a good overview of that. But now where we are, we're in the between stage. So what do we do? What do we do for the next couple of weeks before we start our next book after Labor Day? Well, um, as I was praying and asking the Lord, what, what, what do you have for our people this morning? Because at the end of the day, that's what, that's what sermons are for, right? They're for a specific people. You, you guys are maybe watching online. And they're for a specific time. And I believe that the Lord has graciously given me a passage for us to focus on this morning. And it's a passage that he has graciously led me to over and over over the last, over the last year. And I believe that he... I believe that he picked this sermon in this passage specifically, not just willy-nilly. He didn't just, I didn't do one of those Bible roulette things where you open it up and do one of these. I believe he gave it to us specifically because, because honestly, right now is a, it's kind of a heavy time in the life of our church. I mean, am, am I the only one who feels the weight of despair on their shoulders? I mean, may, Maybe despair is not the right word because, you know, despair implies that we're without hope. And we know that as Christians, we're, not, we're never without hope because of Christ. Amen? But it feels that way a lot, doesn't it? It feels disparaging. It feels like we have weight of despair around us. In this moment, in our church, in this season, it's just hard. It just is. I feel it. People that I talk to... At, at the refuge, people in my family, my friends. This is just a tough season that we're in right now. And I believe that the Lord is leading us to a passage to help comfort us in this time. Because the Lord knows that it's hard. Right? We, we don't serve an unknowing, just uh, oblivious God. Right? We serve a God who is intimately involved in our lives, and he knows that it's hard. And I think that he's pointing us to this passage this morning to remind us of his goodness. Like, like, a, like a good father who's eager to comfort his crying child. This passage that we get to meditate on this morning does exactly that. So, so here's what I want everyone to do. We're going we're gonna to change it up just a little bit. I want everyone to close their Bibles. If they're not already closed, which how often do you hear preachers say that, right? Close your Bibles. I want you to put your phones to sleep. Put them in your pockets. Because I, I don't want anyone distracted for just a few minutes. Because in a moment, I'm, I'm going to ask everyone to close your eyes, and I want you to just simply listen. So I don't want you looking at screens, at words, at each other, at your feet, anything. I just want you to be in a place where you can listen. So I'm going to set the mood real quick, because this passage that, um, that we're going through this, um, this morning was probably said among grain fields like this. Just imagine the, the soft wind blowing over grains just like this as these words are spoken. And what I want you to do is I want you to think about all those things that might be causing that weight on your shoulders. Bring those to the front of your mind right now. Maybe it's sickness or death, financial strain, marital strife, family issues. Maybe you're at odds with a, with a close friend right now. Maybe it's addiction or shame or guilt, whatever it is. I want you to bring that to the front of your mind right now. Now with that in the front of your mind, I want you to close your eyes 
and listen to these words. And they're not my words. They're the words of our Savior Jesus. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now keep your eyes closed. Think of those burdens weighing you down. Think of them again. I'm going to read it one more time. And I'll again listen to these words of this invitation Jesus has for you. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Keeping your eyes closed, let me pray over our time this morning. Father, thank you for being a God who listens. Thank you for being a God who is aware of the pain of your children. Whatever the reason, God. Thank you for being a God who is big enough to listen to our anguish, to listen to our frustrations, to listen to our unbelief even sometimes, God. God, thank you for being a God who even cares to listen. You don't have to do that, God. God, thank you for being a God who not only listens, but comforts us, God. Thank you for being a God who invites us to come to him. And God, thank you for being a God who, who created the means that allows us to do that by paying for our sin in our place. Had you not done that, we would not be able to approach you, God. How glorious and gracious of it was you, God, to come down to we, where we were, put on flesh, die on a cross that we were destined for, died in our place to restore our relationship with you so you could even say something like, come to me. You are so wonderful to us, God. You are such a good father. Remind us of that this morning. I pray this in your beautiful name. Amen. So everyone, open your eyes. I want everyone to do this with me. <sighs> Do it again. <sighs> okay. Are you feeling a little bit better? Okay. It's okay. It's okay for us to sit in these moments like this. When we're feeling this, when we feel these emotions, many times that's an invitation of the Lord for us to sit with him in that. Don't avoid it. Go through it. Sit in there with that. The Lord is inviting you into something this morning. And sometimes we want to avoid anguish. Sometimes we want to avoid pain. But that's not what the Lord has for us this morning. He's inviting you to enter into that with him because I think he has a lot of really cool things to show us this morning. So although only three short verses, I believe that Jesus is inviting us to wade in this deep pool of rest and gentleness and calmness. And right now, your father in heaven, he knows what you need. He does. And if what you need is a break or rest, I believe he's offering that to you right now.
So I want us to look at this invitation a bit more closely because I want to make sure that we don't miss it. So we're going to unpack these three verses together. So go ahead and open up your Bibles to, to Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, which is the verses that I just read. And while you're turning there, let me give you a little bit of background of where we find ourselves. So earlier in this chapter, we see Jesus talking to a crowd about his forerunner, John the Baptist. And he was actually giving them a hard time because many of them didn't believe the words John the Baptist was saying. He, they just disregarded it outright. And then even more, we find Jesus actually admonishing the cities themselves that Jesus has been doing his ministry and uh, saying that it'd be worse for them than other cities that have already burned to the ground. And the reason he was admonishing them is because of their sheer lack of repentance. Even in the face of him doing miracles, doing all these amazing things, clearly the Son of God, they were just unrepentant. And he was saying, admonishing the cities themselves as well. So it's really, really heavy stuff. And then what we see is Jesus goes and starts praying to the Father about those people, about, uh, about the people that just don't get it. And then we find ourselves in our verses that we read here. We continue our passage. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So who is Jesus speaking to here? We know it's the crowd, but who is he specifically calling out in these verses? By the way, if you're new to Refuge and I ask questions, I do expect answers. So when I, uh, when, who is Jesus specifically talking to here? Who is he addressing? All who labor and are heavy laden, right? All who labor and are heavy laden. So notice that Jesus isn't just addressing those who labor. And notice Jesus isn't just addressing those who are passively heavy laden. He's addressing both. He's addressing everyone who is tired, regardless of the reason, whether it's emotional or mental or even physical, anything. It's Jesus is saying, listen up. Anyone who's tired for whatever reason, listen. And what is Jesus inviting the weary to do? What's that? That's what they get to do. What is he inviting them to do? Come to me. Jesus is inviting them, come to me. And you already answered the question, and for what reason is that? Because I will give you rest. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Man, that sounds nice, doesn't it? <laughs> rest from Jesus? Doesn't that sound wonderful? That sounds really, really great. But that kind of gets us to the question of, but how? How do we do that? Jesus continues. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So now for us in 2021, most of us are not farmers. Do I have any farmers in the room? I don't know of any farmers. So we got Juan back here. Uh, he's a homesteader. Okay, that kind of counts. He has some chickens, Paul Dacus. So uh, yeah, so that kind of counts, right? Um, but uh, have you ever put a yoke on one of those chickens, Dacus? Be worth a try, right? So has anyone in here ever put a yoke on an, an, any animal at all? Has anyone actually ever seen a yoke in person? Okay, Siri has couple of people. Does anyone else think I'm talking about the yellow part of an egg? Okay, this is, me, this is vulnerable time. That's what I thought it meant for a long time, okay? So I, I've learned better. The Spirit has enlightened me. That's not what it means, but I don't, I don't fault you if you thought that we were literally talking about the, uh, the yellow part of an egg. But for the original hearers of those words, they were very familiar with the yoke, very, very familiar. So remember, too, that according to the following verses in chapter 12, they were, um, it says they went to go walk through some grain fields. So while Jesus was saying these words, 
There might have been an ox with a, with a yoke on its, uh, on its neck right as they were talking about this, right? So, which is kind of cool that Jesus is talking about, oh, there's one right there. I know what he's talking about. A yoke is, that, is a wooden piece that goes on the shoulders of an animal to hook them up to a cart or a plow or something like that. So, so not only did the crowd that Jesus was talking to, not only did he know what a, what a yoke were literally and, and, and practically, Jesus was also probably using a very common turn of phrase at that time. Because people in that day would jokingly say that I'm yoked to my job. Does anyone else ever feel yoked to your job? Sometimes, right? They, they would say, man, I'm just yoked to my job. I just can't get away from it. It's such a drag. Right? That was, kind of, that was a, a common turn of phrase back in this time. So whether, whether speaking literally or figuratively, it's odd that Jesus is offering something to us that's typically negative connotation, isn't it? It's kind of weird. But Jesus is asking us to put on his yoke. So we have to ask, how does Jesus' yoke compare? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So an actual yoke and what it's pulling is heavy, but, but Jesus' yoke is easy and light. In fact, that, that word easy can be better translated to, as, uh, uh, to good or better or kinder. Jesus is flipping this common analogy on its head. He's not offering a heavy yoke, but a kind one, a load that's lighter. But some of you might be asking, wait a second, why, why would I want to put a yoke on at all? Like, what? no matter how light it is, I ain't got nothing on my shoulders right now anyway, right? So why would I want to put anything on? But remember, who is Jesus talking to? Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. The folks that Jesus is talking to it's me today, to be honest with you, already have a heavy yoke on their shoulders. They're already weighed down. And Jesus is offering us something better. So again, you might be saying to yourself, okay, Blake, that sounds nice, but how? How is it better? How is it kinder? How is it easier? How is it lighter? And this is another place where, where our unfamiliarity with yokes kind of hurts our full grasp of the analogy Jesus is using here. I bet y'all didn't think y'all were going to get an agricultural lesson today, did you? So you're welcome. But growing up in this verse, this is kind of what I always had in mind when I saw Jesus asking me to put, uh, put a yoke on my shoulders, right? So we got this guy with a the nice beard and a sharp hat wearing this, uh, we got this thing over his shoulders. Does anyone else, is this kind of what you see in your mind when you, got, when you see Jesus asking you to put a yoke on your shoulders? Yeah, that's kind of, that's what I always imagined in my mind, something like this. Is this what Jesus was talking about? When he asks us to put a yoke on, is it, is it something like this? Well, let's, uh, let's think about that for a little bit. So, now, I didn't really have a yoke readily on hand for this illustration because I also am not a farmer, and I couldn't get one of those tiny chicken yokes that apparently Dacus has. But, um, but when I was thinking about a weight on your shoulders, I quickly thought of a lot of my CrossFit buddies. So I have this barbell here. I'm going to ask Jeff to come up here on the stage for us. So uh, he's our, our resident uh, CrossFit deacon. And so if you want to come on up here, uh, Jeff. So what I'm going to do, now Jeff, I'm going to ask you to pick this up in just a second and put it on your shoulders, okay? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to coach you on how to do it, and it's going to make it super light, okay? That's what's going to happen, right? I'm such a good coach. It's going to make it, you're not even going to be telling anything that's on your, on your uh, shoulders, all right? All right. right. Y'all think he can do it? Probably. All right. Go ahead and do that. All right. So go ahead. Go ahead and bend down. Bend with your knees, right? Don't, don't pull it. Don't jerk it up with your back. Okay. Bend down with your knees. Grab it. Get about shoulder length apart. And pull up, get straight up with your knees, and then pop it up on your, over your head, 
Over your head now, now back on your shoulders. Nice. Give it up for Jeff. Now, Jeff, so as I was doing that, when I was uh, giving you coaching over here, did I make that load any lighter? Seriously? It's okay, it's pretty, okay. Is this, is, this the kind, is this what Jesus is asking us to do? Is he asking us to put a yoke on our, on our shoulders while he's over here, hands on his hips, pointing, being an excellent coach? Is that what Jesus is asking us to do? No. Okay, you can put that down for just a second. Dismount. Nice. All right, stay here for just a second, okay? Right, so yeah, I, do not, I don't think that this is what Jesus had in mind, okay? And uh, because keep in mind, that a better cultural understanding of what a yoke actually looked like is going to help us, right? So, so the people that Jesus was talking to, this is not what they had in mind. When they were actually, what they might have seen out in that field was something like this. So what's, what do you notice that's different about these two pictures? Well, well, it's a cow instead of a dude. Okay, that's one thing. All right, or it's an ox or I'm not sure. And that one on the left is kind of mean mugging me. But what else? Okay, what else, uh, what, what else is different? There's two. There's two animals in this one, right? The one on the right, this is what the people that would have had in their mind. This is likely what Jesus was talking about. When they were talking about a yoke, they almost always had two animals in that, um, in that, in those, uh, in that yoke with them. So what I'm going to ask you to do now is I'm gonna have, we're going to lift this load. We're going to do it together, okay? okay? Okay, right here we go. So you get on that side. I'll get on this side. Lift it up. Go. Yep. Up, up, and on your shoulders. Nice. All right, now is it lighter? You it's got a, most of the weight. I got most of the weight because I'm super strong. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that's really cool, right? So what, is, so what is Jesus asking us to do? He's asking us to put a yoke on our shoulders. But whose yoke is he asking us to put on? My yoke. That's the super cool part. So we got Jeff here. And um, who is in the other side of that yoke with you? It's my yoke, right? So that's the super cool part. That Jesus, the first point that Jesus was making is that when he's asking us to put on his yoke, He's asking us to get in his yoke with him. And the reason it's lighter is because he's in the other side doing the heavy lifting with us. How cool is that? All right, go ahead. You can get down now. By the way, it was super light because he's the one that does CrossFit, not me. Ugh, so perfect. Give it up for Jeff. So that's the cool part, right? That's the cool part. The reason we're being asked uh, to put in that, the reason Jesus' yoke is easy and light is because he's in the yoke with us doing the heavy lifting. How cool is that? Again, just like we prayed earlier, how cool is it that we have a God who is not only like listening to us, but condescends and comes down with us to get in our mess with us? How amazing is that? Not only that, we also know, what else did he do for us? He died for us. This is incredible, y'all. Our God is not some guy on a mountaintop oblivious to what's going on. He's inviting us to share our burdens with him. That is bananas. <laughs> that is amazing that he offers that to us. But this is the first point that Jesus was making about it, that he's sharing that load with us. And we continue. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So his burden is light only when we follow his instructions. So he invited us to put on his yoke and what? What do we see here? What's that next line? And learn from me. 
And so this is where that second advantage of having two animals comes to mind. Because remember, Jesus was talking about both advantages. It's not just that there's two animals to share the load, so it's you know, divided equally among them. There's another well-known advantage to having two animals in a yoke together. And Jesus is also alluding to that now as well. So this is the less obvious advantage as well. Because you see, when two animals are in a yoke together, it doesn't only lighten the load but it also allows a less experienced animal to learn from a more experienced animal. I mean, imagine having a younger ox with an older ox that doesn't know what to do, but since he's in that barbell or in that yoke with him, or in my case, a barbell with Jeff, right, I'm able to learn from one another. So when I was in there with, with Jeff, I could have led him around wherever I wanted to go, or in this case, him leading me around because he's much stronger than I am, right? But yeah, when we're in there together, he can lead me around. And that was a well-known fact of this crew to this crowd that was listening to Jesus' words, that they can also learn from him. Jesus is speaking that directly. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. But does Jesus say that he's going to teach us in a domineering and you know, chastising and frustrated way? How is he going to lead us? For I am gentle and lowly in heart. It's wonderful. We get to learn from Jesus. Jesus is inviting us to not only allow him to do the heavy lifting for us, but also to follow his lead and to learn from him. So I got behind on my slides. What a kind Savior we serve. Not only do we serve a God who loves us and is involved in our lives, but he rescues us from our own messes. So this is where we have to get practical. Because again, some of you might be asking, I feel that weight on my shoulders. I see the invitation Jesus has for me and asking me to come to him. But what do I do? In Hebrews, we read this. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him whom we must give account. It's kind of scary. But... Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So where do we start? We draw near to the throne of grace. Or as Jesus put it in, pa- in our passage in Matthew 11, come to me. We pray. Just like we see over and over throughout the Bible, voice your anguish to God. Now, I don't want to be one of those pastors who whenever you're having a hard time, I just say, well, just pray more about it. I, I don't, don't hear this as a dismissive thing for me to just get you out of my face. Right? That's not what I'm doing. But I'm asking you to answer the call that Jesus has for you this morning. Come to me. Approach the throne of grace. Because here's what's cool. Your your father in heaven wants to hear it. He does. And as we see here in Hebrews, Jesus gets it. He's been through what you are going through. He has. He's not just some clueless God somewhere out there in space completely oblivious to what we're doing. And he's not irritated that you keep coming to him with stuff. 
I promise that's true. not true either. He wants to hear from you. He's in the yoke with us. So I'm going to invite the band to come back up right now. And they're going to play quietly um, as I lead us through a time of prayer together. Because I know, I've talked to some, even this morning, and I've talked to people over the last week and over the last months, that you're in a very tender place right now. And so I'm saying, you're asking, how do we do this? I'm telling you what to do. So now what we're going to do is we're going to practice together. Okay, we're going to pray together. I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer, allowing us to come to Jesus, to approach the throne room, to approach the throne of God. We're going to spend a little bit of time this morning doing that before we take communion. So what I'll ask you to do is, again, close your Bibles if you like, or if you need to have that scripture open, that's okay too. Put your phones away. And maybe even some of you, maybe you need to get on your knees and uh, with your elbows on your chair. Maybe some of you need to come up to the front. Uh, we don't really call it an altar, but we can call it an altar today. Uh, maybe that's where you need to go. Maybe you need to, to pray with your wife or a friend. Whatever you need to do to, to posture yourself to approach the throne room, do that right now because that's exactly what we're going to do. Let me pray for us. Again, God, thank you for your presence this morning. God, thank you for allowing, that we don't have to ask for you to be present, God. You are already here. God, what I ask is that you allow us to sense that presence. You make yourself known to us, God. Let us feel your presence here. God, there are many in this room right now, many who are listening to my voice online that are hurting right now for whatever reason. Maybe it's those things I listed earlier, death, sickness, marital issues, you know, at odds with a friend, financial stuff, whatever it is, God, you know what it is. But they feel that weight on their shoulders right now, God. God, what I ask that you do, I ask in the name of Jesus, God, that you allow them to feel your presence. You allow them to feel what it looks like to come to me and find rest in what you're doing and what you're offering them. God, thank you for being a God who is, who is shouldering the burden with us, doing the heavy lifting with us, God. Thank you for doing that, God. Let us feel you lifting, I mean, maybe even physically, God. Let us feel a weight off of our shoulders. And in that moment, let us praise God because we, we literally felt a weight off of our shoulders, God. You've done that for me before, God, and, and I know others have too. God, let someone feel that right now. God, maybe, maybe there's some in this room that aren't hurting themselves, but they know someone who is. And they're, they're, they're trying to figure out what to do to care for my friend or my wife or my husband or my son or daughter or whoever it is, God. God, I pray that you allow them to, to pray for, for, to come to you with that as well, God, and pray for that person. Pray with that person, God. Point them to what the invitation that you have for them this morning. So whoever you are, whether you're hurting yourself or if you know someone who is, put that name in your mind right now and go come to Jesus now. Maybe all it sounds like is, Jesus, I'm here. Let me feel your presence. You do that now.
God, for some of us here this morning, we are redeemed children of God. We call ourselves Christians, God. We know that we are covered by the blood of the Lamb. God, for, for those of us who call ourselves Christians, God, I ask that you allow this to be a reminder of what you're inviting us to do, that you're inviting us to come to you. How many other religions, God, at their God tells people to approach them freely? That they can't. They have to work their way to their gods, but we know that their gods are false. And our God allows us to come to you freely because of what you have done for us through Jesus' blood on the cross. Thank you, God. So God, for those of us who, who have repented of our sins and believe that you have risen Jesus from the dead, God, remind us of our identity as children of God who have free access to the King and his throne room. God, don't let us feel timid about approaching you in our anguish. Remind us that you want to hear us. You want to wrap your arms around us and comfort us, God. You want, us, you want to remind us that we are no longer condemned in our sin but you have risen us to new life in Christ, God. Remind us of that. Now, God, there's, there's also some here today that what they need to do is to approach you with repentance because they never have. God, I pray for, for those people who are in this room who have never truly understood the depths of their sin, who have never truly come to you and said, Jesus, I'm a sinner and I cannot pay for these sins myself. Only you can do that, Jesus. God, I pray for people who are in, that in this room today, you allow them to do that right now. You allow them to approach you realizing that they've never truly known you. And God, I pray that they don't feel that shame. I, I, I pray that they finally feel like their eyes are open to what you're offering them pray that it's an ex a spirit of excitement, God. God, maybe, the, maybe what it sounds like is this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. God, I've been playing the game my whole life, but I've never truly submitted my life to you. I've never truly repented of my sin. God, I've never truly believed that you are the only thing that's going to get me in right relationship with you. Forgive me of my sins, God. God, thank you for being present in this place. I pray this in your name. Amen.